0: Got it with Tom Abraham James today, CEO of Conoco. This is quite a nice exploration story with projects in Greenland. We talked through the Greenland issue, uh, what their field plan is for this year and how that's funded, uh, and also a little bit about Tom's track record, which is uh, not too shabby either. So, um, if you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, topics discussed, the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com.
1: Thomas, how are you, sir? Hi, really nice to see you again, Matt. I'm doing very well, thank you. So, uh, greetings, I'm back in uh, Reykjavik again in Iceland and uh, just returned from Greenland. So, uh, it has begun. It's been a very busy time.
0: Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Well, obviously, we saw saw you um, a few months ago. We saw you, what, beginning of middle of March, something like that?
1: That sounds right. Yeah,
0: not bad. Not bad. And so, you've raised a little bit of money. Um, You've got your permits for, um, you know, to now do what? what? What was the. Permissions.
1: Yeah, so we we had uh, so we, we took in some extra cash, and that was really the uh, uh, opportunity for the company to expand on its field activities this year. Uh, so we'd already committed to doing uh, the drilling at our Ryberg project. Um, but uh, with uh, the, uh, the opening up of Greenland, uh, the ability to do more work, uh, we really took that opportunity to, uh, to, to raise the extra capital so that we could expand. And, and the main thing being to do uh, additional geophysics at our projects. Uh, so we, we took that. And, uh, and yeah, we went, it all went very smoothly uh, with our applications uh, to be able to do fieldwork this year uh, at both our Mestersvig and Ryberg projects. Uh, that uh, uh, process of getting approvals was very smooth, and uh, the company is now fully permitted. And uh, so, uh, having that in hand, uh, we then took the opportunity as soon as the Greenland border opened to to go immediately there. So, having just returned from speak.
0: so I mean, let's let's talk let's talk about Greenland, okay? Because what we've seen in the press recently is um, a little bit of uh, political wrangling. We've seen some permits declined over on the west side of Greenland and I guess that's got a few people nervous. Um, you know, Do they want miners in Greenland?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a question that uh, I receive frequently. I'm grateful you brought it up uh, and that was really one of our key motivations for getting over to Greenland as early as possible. Uh, so we were there in uh, early May and uh, that was uh, to, to meet with the government. Uh, But our experience has been quite the opposite to what you hear in the mainstream media, uh, is that uh, we, with our permits, our applications, and this is during the process where there wasn't an election in Greenland, is that it went through smoothly. Uh, If there was no election, we wouldn't be aware of any difference, to be honest. It was uh, was, uh, business as usual. And, uh, and then having been in Greenland, and uh, so we had to, uh, when we arrived, we had to travel through Nook, the capital. Uh, we did our five days quarantine there, and uh, we were on one of the first flights into the country uh, that uh, was uh, allowed for general travel. Uh, we didn't need a special exemption. Uh, so that opportunity we took to meet with the government and, and many different uh, government officers as well, And uh, it was really we we had no requests or demands uh, as we were fully permitted, but we did take the opportunity to meet with them, to elaborate on our plans and then also to hear their feedback face to face. And so meeting with the the MLSA, which is the the licensing authority for minerals in Greenland, uh, as as usual, their enthusiasm was there and uh, very supportive of our operations. Uh, we also met with the municipality that we operate in, and uh, that's the most populous municipality in Greenland. And once again, uh, the enthusiasm there was extremely strong and very encouraging. and uh, and then meeting with other government representatives, uh, of course, in the you know, the taxation department, it was uh, very supportive of our op- uh, of our operations. So really, uh, for us, uh, it was uh, business as usual. And uh, that's the message that we'd like to give to the world. And uh, what uh, the Greenland authorities have asked us to put out is that really business is as usual in Greenland. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's one project that has taken the headlines. But otherwise, if, if there is no uranium in the portfolio, uh, it appears that, uh, yeah, the enthusiasm remains very strong.
0: Okay, so it was a uranium issue, not a mining issue.
1: That, that's how it appears, most definitely. So it was—it was always uh, talked about that particular commodity. Uh, whereas for us, looking for copper, nickel, base metals, precious metals, uh, there, there was there was never any really concern with that. Uh, and then also, I think that what benefits us is being on the east coast of Greenland. Uh, we're in a very sparsely populated area as well, so we don't have the the, the potential social or environmental issues either. So uh, for, for us, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, very well received.
0: Okay. Well, look, I mean, we want to, I want to get into the projects. Obviously, we've got um, Ryberg and, and Masters Big, which you know I think more prominent than well, sort of, sort of cup. I guess we can we can talk about. But can we just mm-hmm. start with a slight outlier, which is in Australia. You've got the Cobalt project in Australia. What
1: are you doing with yes. it? <laughs> uh, it's under active review at the moment. So, uh, so that was the existing uh, Conoco assets uh, prior to the acquisition of Longland, and Longland being the company that I founded that had the uh, Greenland assets. And so, with uh, Mount Thirsty, it's uh, it's finished its pre-feasibility study. Uh, it's one of Australia's more advanced uh, cobalt nickel projects. And it's under active review. So I think that there's, there's no hiding the issue there for that one. Uh, we need to see a, a slight increase again in the metal prices, particularly with cobalt, but already cobalt is tracking quite nicely. So it's a, it really is on our radar. It's not something that we've neglected. Um, uh, but, uh, we're actively looking at uh, options for that particular project and, and hopefully there's that uh, something that's not too far away. Uh, it really is the, 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 uh, the price of the metals is very encouraging.
0: Yeah, it is. I I think um, a lot of people are very excited about Cobalt and the conversations that are being had with batch of manufacturers around the world. Uh, I'll be interested to see how you progress that. But right, parked up for now, uh, keeping your options on on the table. Um, Let's let's talk about the project Ryberg um, and what you're doing there because you you talk about approvals being given for a field season. So what exactly are you allowed to do and what will you be doing?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So the standard process in Greenland is that you must apply each season. For your approvals, it's, it's very normal, and so it's, it's really uh, as you can appreciate with a very large country, they want to understand what it is that's actually occurring in their country. Uh, it's not a project that you can just pop over and, uh, and visit. Uh, so, uh, so for us, uh, what we've got is uh, so I'm currently in Iceland, and this is our staging point uh, to go to uh, to Reykjavik. Uh, so uh, we have a vessel that is uh, literally about four kilometers from where I'm sitting right now, and uh, we've started to receive all of the equipment that's been coming in. Uh, so the key pieces of which are the, uh, the diamond drill rigs. We have three of those. And uh, we've already received the first consignment of the drilling. Uh, we've then got uh, a geophysics helicopter coming in as well. Uh, so that one to be flying a, a magnetic survey. So really at Ryberg, the big thing is that we'll be drilling the uh, existing electromagnetic anomalies that we have uh, and uh, where there's mineralization at surface. And that's in the form of magnetic sulfides. And so we're looking at copper and nickel there. And uh, with the associated with that, uh, there is some cobalt as well. Uh, you've also got uh, palladium, uh, quite a decent concentration of palladium, and then gold with that also. So, so that's the priority for us is looking at that large, you know, potential large-scale magmatic sulfide project. And uh, we'll be taking the drill rigs there at the end of this month. So the vessel will be departing Reykjavik. Uh, it will have everything on board: personnel, equipment, fuel. Uh, we'll be going in, and uh, we'll be there for the best part of three months. So for us, our intention is to stay until the end of September.
0: Okay, you raised about what three point three million um, a few months ago, obviously to allow you to do this. But how much of that is going on getting there, setting up, and allowing us obviously work then? How much is actually going to be, you know, data coming from opt- either at surface or underground with with the drilling?
1: Yeah so we've uh, so this year being the 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 first big season that we're having there the it is uh, I I guess the capital costs are slightly greater than they would be uh had you been there for a few years operating with this type of activity uh so we did have to front end load it with things like a good example is fuel uh we had to bring in more fuel than we would uh, uh, normally be required to bring in so that enables us the opportunity to start earlier next year uh we've also got an option with the drill contract to keep the drill rigs on site Uh, so that we can use them again uh, earlier next year. Uh, So with that, it does come with a slight premium, I guess, for this first year. But then after that, it gets successively cheaper and easier, uh, everything being on site. Right, okay. So what's the population of Greenland? Just 56,000 people. Okay. And the nearest people to our project are in Isafjorda, which is a city in Iceland. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, I was was
1: looking at this. And,
0: and, And obviously Norway has a say in
1: all of this too. Uh, n- not so much uh, uh, the Norwegians, but uh, there's there's a bit of history there. Yeah.
0: There's a bit of history, yeah. I was about to say, how influential are they? So okay, so 50, uh, so in terms of um, people, though, you're bringing people in from from where? where where's the team from?
1: Yeah, the team. So uh, dominantly from Iceland, uh, we lean very heavily on this uh, country. Uh, we then have the drill crew who is coming from Canada. Uh, so experienced uh, drill company there, Cartwright Drilling. They've been operating in Greenland for a long time. Uh, I've actually used them in the past, uh, even going back to 2010. Uh, so they know this by neck of the woods extremely well. Uh, the the helicopter we're using a company called NRG, and they, that's coming from South Africa. So uh, it's a uh, contingent coming from there, and uh, and then yeah, my, myself as the uh, the token Englishman. Okay, good. Um, okay, so so I want to come back to the budget component here? Is like you say, you're
0: having to buy more fuel, and you're going to, it's going to be a little bit more expensive for the front end to kind of get this thing set up. So at the end of this field season, how much data? What do you expect to be able to come back and tell the market?
1: Uh, my greatest anticipation for this year is that we'll be drilling these targets for the first time. Uh, we, we've done multiple passes of geophysics over them. Uh, we've seen the sulfides at the surface. You know, some of them are the size of a football. Uh, we know that there is a mineralized system there. So my, my best hope for this year is that when we drill, is that uh, proving those EM targets, that they do truly represent uh, magmatic sulfides and decent concentrations of them. Uh, that coupled with the, uh, the high-resolution aeromagnetics uh, we've then be able to license wide uh, have a better idea of what we're playing with. So, the area that we're drilling represents less than 5% of the total licensed area. So, we've got about 4,500 square kilometers. We've taken out the entire prospective area for these magmatic sulfides. We're drilling where we did the EM previously. As I say, that's about 5% of the license area. With this uh, high resolution magnetics, we'll then be covering the entire license area. Uh, so if we do see anything of interest in there, having 3 drill rigs, uh, we have the ability to then take one of those rigs to go off and test some of these new targets as well. And this is the, the first time it's been drilled and it's the first time that most of this license area has seen any form of geophysics. Uh, so for an area where you're seeing mineralization at surface, an extensive mineralization surface, uh, it really is going to uh, uh, you know, open this area up for the first time
0: yeah it's, it's interesting about how companies of your size where what are you 25 million pounds ish sort of level it's, it, and and with the you know let's let's face it a sort of limited budget initially a small budget initially how you go about prioritizing where you spend your money what you need to come back and tell the market because it's getting that balance between I need to understand what's happening in the ground and exciting the market about the the, the potential is a real kind of uh, yeah, there's a retention to that. So mm. you're focusing on Ryberg, but you've obviously got Mester's big and you were telling me before that you've you, you just done a little visit up there. Why, why mm. did you do that? Why aren't you focused just on Ryberg?
1: Yeah, look with, with Ryberg, it's, it really is the, the intention that we're doing this work is that we, we have to show that the entire license area has got a, the, the, that prospectivity, the same as that 5% that we see. And so really it's crucial that we get that geophysics done, which is why we raised the additional capital earlier this year. Um, and then with Mestersvig, well, actually, sorry, before I go into Mestersvig, in that Ryberg project area, there's also an, another prospect, which is not magmatic sulphides. And this is the sortie cap prospect. And, and this one we're seeing gold at surface there. It's, it's nice to see that uh, uh, gold is uh, having a little bit of a resurgence at the moment. So so that one brings that one up in priority for us as well. Uh, with that one, we've got uh, gold at surface. We have uh, an IP survey, which is showing uh, a very strong anomaly. And that one will definitely be Drilled this year as well, and so that one's exciting. That's orogenic gold, very classic style of mineralization. So we'll see how that comes from the the greenstone rocks there. But uh, yes, at Mestersvig, uh, I've just returned. So uh, after I was in Nook uh, with my colleague, uh, we then traveled across to the east coast. We went up to Mestersvig, and uh, it was uh, there that uh, we've just received a, a second license which has been granted. Uh, so the, the previous license that we've had, uh, that we obtained at the beginning of last year, that contained uh, the, the historic uh, lead zinc mine, which is the only operating mine that's ever, or the only mining operation that's ever occurred on the east coast of Greenland. And with that one, we were looking to see if we could find extension of the mineralization. Uh, But what we also found last year was that uh, that to the south of it, uh, a very large intrusion. And I won't get into too much geological detail because last time you cut me off for doing that. But but this one is uh, really the the source of the mineralization. And that's what we've just uh, licensed up. And uh, we took just over a thousand square kilometers in this area. And uh, it hasn't been explored for the best part of 50 years. Yet there at surface, uh, the the historic work has shown that there's magnetic sulfides, there's rare earth elements, uh, a plethora of different uh, mineralization styles. And it's quite unbelievable that it hasn't been looked at. Uh, There's a known uh, molybdenum sulfide occurrence, which is in a license adjacent to ours. Uh, yet the, uh, the remainder of the uh, intrusion uh, has not been looked at. So what we did was uh, we were there for a week and it was really a reconnaissance mission uh, to go and to confirm the uh, the findings from the previous explorers. Uh, we've taken a, a, a bunch of uh, samples that are going off for our assay. Um, but in the meantime, it was really a ground truthing exercise and then the uh, the geophysics that we're doing at Ryberg this year, as soon as it completes that job, it's then traveling up north to Westersvig and will then uh, blanket that area in high-resolution geophysics as well. So really maturing that project up so that uh, hopefully the intention there is at the end of the season, we can then say that that project has indeed advanced and look at uh, possible options for uh, real work there next year.
0: Yeah, it, it, I mean, thanks. because Like I say, I'm just, I'm just kind of fascinated about How how you can apportion your capital in in the in the best the most optimum way the most efficient way and getting getting that balance between the well I know four projects but three three in Greenland Um, do do, do you get do you look at the market and say oh crikey um, gold's on the up maybe we do need to spend a bit more time at sort of cap because that's what's going to give us the the best bang for our buck in terms of being able to go and raise capital. Or is it you set your plan out and you go right? Okay, it, right. Ryberg's the focus because we're you know copper and nickel are on the up as well. Let's just let's just get that message out there and then we'll bring the other two along. You know, yeah. along for the ride it, as it were. Uh, you know what I mean? It's it, it, it feels like quite a tough one at this stage with the capital that you got to get that balance right. And I just wonder what the discussions are internally.
1: Yeah, certainly. No, the internal discussions are that we are. uh, Ryberg is the the focus. The copper and nickel undoubtedly is the prize that we have and also the scale of this uh, project. Uh, we believe to be very significant. At the same time, uh, we've regarded ourselves as as the East Greenland explorer. So we have that geographical uh, scope there. Uh, But with Mestersvig, uh, finding what we did last year and the potential there to make a new discovery, we think is very high. Uh, But in terms of preserving our capital, uh, what we've done this year is that uh, the geophysics having occurred in Ryberg, then taking that equipment up to the north, uh, a lot of the the, the sunks are already cost. So adding a few extra line kilometers uh, to cover that Mestersvig area is a very cost-effective way. Whereas if we were to do it next year, we'd then have to you know, pay once again for the mope and demo costs, etc., and it'd be far more expensive. So it was a much better use of our capital, and hence the, the recent capital raise to be able to go and do all the work in one hit, uh, because it would be far more cost-effective in in, in the medium term.
0: So just remind people what you are, because like, you've got another gig. You're Helium One. You- you're a founder there of Helium. What they're doing really well. They've been on the show a couple of times. A really nice story. I think share price doubled after a recent interview um, with, with us. Um, people really like it. Um, the, way the, but the way, you interacted with that company is, can we set, expect it to see the same here? You know, are you just an explorer and then you'll bug out, or is it actually? I think we can take this a little bit further because the potentials, whatever you think the potential is.
1: Yeah, look, Helium One—it was uh, fantastic. So my, my colleague Josh Blewett and I—we founded that company back in 2015, and and I couldn't be happier to see the stage that it's at now. And it is quite—it uh, is quite a coincidence that here we are. Uh, so uh, with Longland Resources, uh, you know, founded this company as well. And uh, for them both to be at the same time with the the major drilling program is <laughs> most unexpected, um, but it is, it is it is beyond exciting, and uh, I think that with it uh, with with Helium One uh, we got that uh, company to a point where we got the resource, the commodity that nobody knew anything about, uh, with uh, uh, a, a, a jurisdiction that was. Difficult for a decent period of time there, uh, whilst I was at the helm of the company. Uh, but then, when the fortune started to improve and uh, and the company moved forward, uh, a very capable team was there as well, and it was uh, it was uh, became a very logical moment for me then to to move and transition to to this uh, role with uh, with uh, with Conoco, and, and to really further this asset. And uh, so it was a, a logical tra- progression. And, uh, and with uh, this one now, uh, yeah, definitely I have no intentions of, of moving. Uh, this one to me is incredibly exciting uh, to, uh, I guess, just like Helium One, here we are drilling uh, a major um, prospect for the first time. And uh, this could really open up a, an entirely new district in Greenland. And uh, for that, I, I want to be a part of it. So, how long is this drill season? And
0: at the end of the drill season, you reassess what you've got, what you know, and how you move forward. So, first of all, when does that? When was that point in
1: time? So, so we'll be there until the end of September, but we do have the option of uh, uh, going further than that. So should we get the you know positive results, uh, we know that uh, with with further north at Mestersvik, the old mine that was there that operated for 11 months a year in the 50s, and they were we've got uh, drill reports from December. Uh, so, really, if, if, if they could drill in the 50s in December, uh, then there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to push ourselves somewhat. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we, we've got the option there.
0: I need to ask you about some uh, share options that were issued recently, uh, about 10 million of them. Why did you guys feel the need to do that?
1: Yeah, so the 10 million options, so they're split uh, evenly between myself and our operations manager. Uh, they were just issued by, Con- uh, by by the board of Conoco, um, obviously very grateful for that. Um, the reason being, uh, I, I think that the board has uh, acknowledged uh, the work that uh, we've put in and the commitment that we've put in this year. Uh, so with it being with the coronavirus pandemic, it, it has been challenging. Uh, but I'm um, take a great deal of pride that we were able to get all of our permits in ahead of time and uh, that we are very organized. So I think that with the ability that uh, internally, uh, between myself and Hoskador, that we were able to uh, get everything accomplished without the need for external uh, consultants and the additional cost that comes with those. Uh, then also, uh, really, we're, we're going to be in the field uh, the entire season without break and this year uh, I've been away from my, uh, my family for more, and more than 7.5-months. Uh, hopefully they still recognise me by the time it's finished. So, I, I think that uh, the, the board has acknowledged uh, the work that we put in, the success that we've received to date and, and that's why those uh, share options have been issued.
0: Do you think that was a fair price to issue on I know you need to be incentivised, but do you think 4, 4p was the right number?
1: Yeah, look, it's, it's four cents it's okay. Look, It's, it's there, but uh, I think that we haven't received any options in the company uh, in the past ever. These are the first ones that have gone to myself and to my colleague as well. Uh, and so perhaps the, uh, the, the the price of the shares reflects that since since Conoco has uh, acquired Longland, uh, this is the first time we have been given options. So perhaps uh, with the value that's already been uh, reflected in the company's share price, uh, that may be a factor in the in the pricing of the options.
0: Okay. So, what's your message to people? Stories just starting out, follow us, see what we do, maybe invest.
1: Is that the idea? Yeah. Look, that's it. I mean, it's it's that it's, uh, we are an exploration company, but this this year, out of all the years, and uh, and and this is why is that with the drilling, uh, this could really uh, be a. a a big game changer for the company. Uh, so sh- should we drill and we get those decent inter- intercepts? I mean, you look at other companies that have been looking for the Copper and Nickel Sulphides and uh, what's happened to their share prices. Uh, once they've made that initial discovery, and that's the time, that, that's the stage that we're at right now. So should this work is that we'd see, a, you know, hopefully a, a good re-rating of the company's value.
0: Okay. Well, Thomas, I appreciate you uh, making time to tell us the story. Um, I guess you're rushing to put your boots on and get out there in the field, are you?
1: Yeah, that's right. So at the moment, it's, it's, it's a lot of running around, and uh, and we'll be leaving at the end of this month. So the, it's uh, it's come incredibly quickly, and uh, I'll be there for the duration of the field season. We've got a uh, a good internet connection whilst we're out there as well. So we will be keeping every, everybody up to speed with our, our process, and uh, and then also now that uh, the, the coronavirus uh, restrictions in Greenland have lifted quite significantly, so we can get people to fly uh, directly to our site. So should we get that uh, discovery, then. Uh, Perhaps I'll give you a call, Matt, and you can come out and do the next interview on the east coast of Greenland with us. Oh well, you know, don't d- don't
0: offer those things. You think I won't take you up on that offer? Seriously. <laughs> hey, so just on just on that actually, what, what's some um, happening in in Iceland? Is the the restrictions coming off there? Are people able to enter the country easily?
1: I'm, I'm yeah, asking the- for holiday reasons, quite frankly.
0: Just it mind. seems to
1: be one of the few green countries in Europe now, and uh, and uh, people are really taking advantage of it. Uh, so now the latest reports are they are going up to about 4,000 people entering the country a day uh, for tourism purposes. So it, uh, Iceland is well and truly open for business and with the volcano just down the road, uh, it, it's a magnificent place to come and visit. So highly recommended for your uh, summer holiday, Matt. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Thomas, I
0: appreciate it. I, I like what you're doing there. Um, stay in touch. let's know how you get
1: on, okay? Thank you very much for having me again.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, Cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.